And God, that is our prayer today. We say yes to who you are. We say yes to your grace and to your goodness and to your mercy and to your presence. We say yes to this moment. Help us to know you. Help us to know you as you really are. In a world with so many limitations. Help us to see the eternal possibilities. How this moment connects with all the moments that you hold for us as we release and empty and open. God, we're just real people seeking a real God. Come to us now. And you are so good. Amen. She was convinced that this time it was going to be different. She wasn't going to jump into anything. She was going to get to know herself. She's going to spend time in prayer. She was not going to be sucked into those beautiful eyes, <laughs> into a too fast commitment. She was going to take her time. In fact, she hid the number for U-Haul where she couldn't get to it for at least six months. <laughs> oh, I hear some amens. <laughs> Maybe there's some folks that have their packing boxes in the trunk right now. It's like, okay, did he check out our trunk this morning? <laughs> Yeah, you bring your pickup to church, I know. But, uh, <laughs> but this time she was convinced it was not going to be like it had been before. They were going to get to know each other. They were going to talk it out. They were going to ask the tough questions. They were going to commit themselves to God and each other. And it all started out just like she had planned. But then almost in a way that they couldn't pinpoint. They woke up and the conversations weren't so easy anymore. And this distance began to worm its way into the relationship. And they tried to talk it out. They, they tried to get back to that feeling of connection. And yet when they sat across the table from each other and were really honest, they saw the same message in each other's eyes. Burnout. Trying to reignite that relationship was like trying to relight a burnt match. They lost that loving feeling. They couldn't get the feeling back. Burnout. Another couple. When they entered their relationship, they knew that they had loads of credit card debt. But they had each other. And they were committed to returning their home to financial stability. So they worked hard and they planned well. They didn't buy things they didn't need. They didn't overspend. And finally they were starting to see that hope. That things were finally falling into place. And then one of them lost his job. Just didn't seem fair. God, don't you know how hard we've worked? We're trying to do our best. 
We were taught if you do your best, it will always work out. And yet these bills are getting higher and higher. They looked at those bills spread out on the table and it's like they could take a, take a red pen and just write, burn out. Burn out. Or, he made a New Year's resolution. He was finally going to attend to his spiritual life in the new year of 2009. He was making a renewed commitment to worship and to prayer and to meeting people in small groups to converse and study scripture and learn and grow together. And so he went to church and he would hear people talking about the power of their relationship with God and he'd see these people walking into church so on fire and it seemed so powerful and so incredible and so amazing. They would sing the songs and some people would raise their hands and others would clap. And he found himself saying, what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel it? Burnout. It feels different to different people. It happens in different ways. In fact, some would say burnout is not feeling. But that's what it is. But let's hear another description of how burnout can work. How we can move into that place of desolation where there seems to be no life. For most of us, burnout is not usually the result of a series of climactic crises. For most of us, it accumulates so gradually over months and years that we don't recognize it. Burnout does not always show itself in our outer tiredness. Its symptoms are widely diverse. Burnout may show itself as restlessness, compulsive overworking, irritability, numbing of emotional responses, mood swings, compulsive and escaping eating, drinking, reading, exercising, television watching. Burnout can cause heavy prolonged sleep or restless broken sleep. We may experience unusual amounts of daydreaming, difficulty in concentration, intense longings or solitude, or even equally intense need to be with others. Feeling of hopelessness and powerlessness often go with burnout. Burnout. You don't know how you got there. It wasn't a crisis. Little things. It happened subtly. And yet you wake up one day and there seems to be no color. There seems to be no place for the growth to even begin. You, you walk outside and it's a wonderful crisp day like today. You see the flowers starting to bloom. You see sunlight. And yet it still seems like desolation. Emptiness. Some have described burnout as being at a place of disconnection. A disconnection from feeling, a disconnection from energy. It's not a new way of being. And in fact, some would refer to the prophet Jeremiah as the burnout prophet. 
If you look at your scripture today on page two, you'll hear some of the words from the prophet Jeremiah. Of all the prophets in the Hebrew scriptures, he's probably the one you would least want to meet. (laughs) He was known as the doom and gloom prophet. He was also known by a nickname. And his nickname was terror on every side. (laughs) In other words, have you ever referred to somebody as a really scary person? Well, that was Jeremiah's reputation. Jeremiah often painted a very dismal picture. To one degree, he had a good reason for that. He had seen how the people of Israel had been defeated in so many ways. He had seen how their journey had very many times left them defeated. He had seen the city of Jerusalem fall. He had seen the temple destroyed. He had seen the people of Jerusalem taken back into captivity in Babylonia. He saw what had been done to them. And yet in a strange way, he blamed it on them. His theology was such that he said the people had put themselves in this situation through their bad choices and their bad decisions, so he called them back. Not always knowing that he was calling them back into a captivity of sorts. But in today's scripture, we see the beginnings of a different side of Jeremiah. It's like he's waking up to realize that all the stuff he had been teaching wasn't working. He kept trying to call them back to plan A. When plan A didn't work, he tried to call them back to plan B. When plan B didn't work, he tried to call them back to plan C. And it seems like in today's scripture, he's suddenly realizing that perfectionism isn't going to work. And he's realizing that sometimes it's not coming up with another plan. It's like he's beginning to realize that wholeness needs to come from an entirely different place. It's not something that can be attained or achieved. And so a window is opening for the prophet Jeremiah and for us today. When he doesn't offer a new plan, but instead says, I will establish a new covenant. It will not be like the covenant I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them up out of the land of Egypt. A covenant they broke. But this is the covenant. He offers this window into God and says that our God is a God who will put new teachings within them. A God who says, I will write my teachings on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. The invitation here is to a God who is that seed. When it all seems desolate, when it all seems empty, when it all seems hopeless, there is the seed of hope that cannot be seen yet is deeply planted. That divine seed of grace and hope. The covenants didn't work. The laws didn't work. And so a new window to renewed passion beyond burnout and desolation is offered here. And it's not a plan. It's not about doing step one and step two and step three. 
It's not about writing it all down and coming up with a new Ten Commandments. It's about reaching an entirely different place. A new window is opened when God through the prophet says, no longer will they need to teach each other or say to one another, no God. For all of them from all places in life will know me, says God, for I will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sins no more. Now remember burnout described as disconnection. What's happening here is a reconnection. And this scripture is describing this place. It's a place of knowing. And it's a place of revitalization, re-energizing, a place of renewed passion. So since it's not a plan, how could we best describe it? This scripture again gives us some windows. First of all, the window into renewal, the description of this place of knowing is that it is a place of relationship. And not just any relationship. It's a relationship that works from the inside out. That's a powerful line where it says, I will write my teachings on their heart. It means it's not out here somewhere. It's not something imposed on us. It's not about coercion. It's not about being good enough. It's not about trying harder. It's not about planning more or strategizing more effectively. It's about knowing that there is a place of knowing. This is not head knowing. It's not something you can get online. (laughs) It's something that happens in here. It's, It's where God, in a mysterious way, opens us and writes the law of love on our hearts. It's about wholeness. All the times we were victimized or oppressed or pushed down. Um, This place is stronger than any of that. And it's truer than any of that. It's a connection to a truer and deeper knowing. It's, It's also a connection to a knowing place that opens itself to paradox and mystery. One of the amazing things is that churches throughout history have done so much to try to explain God that they've explained all the mystery away. And at times we've been told that if you do this and if you pray this way, then everything's going to go perfect and you're going to profit. You're going to prosper. And this is what prosperity is looked like. And, and, and the prosperity is measured according to culture. And yet, in this knowing place, there is this unique ability to live in a both-and sort of way. To realize that wholeness has many dimensions. And it's not about perfection. But it is that mystery, and it is that paradox. So the knowing place, it's a place of relationship, and it's a place of paradox. We are created in God's image, and yet... We are set free to wound and destroy if we choose. God does not send us suffering, but yet suffering is deeply drenched with the presence of God and the possibility of splendor. God, as we see through Jesus, passionately longs to heal all wounds, but yet all wounds are not healed. 
God calls us to be healers. And yet within the healing stance, we experience our own woundedness. God calls us to enter in and share the pain of the world. And God yet calls us out of victimhood and toxic internalization. God asks us to share our hearts as living bread, yet not to let that breaking and sharing to become self-shredding. This both-and sort of place. This place where we open our hearts and yet it is kept safe and strong. Burnout often comes because we open ourselves to the extent that we let the toxicity around us come in. Rather than speaking to it, challenging it, it begins to take us over. Maybe because we don't think we're good enough or maybe because we think we deserve it. And yet when we open ourselves to this God who writes love on our hearts, there is that place where we minister and yet we are not shredded. It's a place of strength and a place of passion, a place of hope. This place of knowing It's about relationship beyond regulation and rules. It's about opening ourselves to mystery and paradox. And the other line that you'll see in your scripture today that's so powerful is that it says all of them from all places in life will know me. What's beautiful here is that this openness is not about hierarchy. It's not about status. It's for all people from all places, young and old. In a moment, we'll have a chance to experience how those youthful place can minister in ways that perhaps are very unpredictable, yet very true. It's a place that comes from real authenticity. Disconnection happens when we forget who we are. When we find ourselves trying to bend to other people's expectations, and interestingly enough, the word iniquity that is used there, iniquity really means a bending. And it means a bending in a way that's not about flexibility, but about a bending away from our truest self and deepest authenticity. Oh, we know we've had to live up to other people's rules and expectations. It's about pleasing other people without even knowing who we are. Creating something, creating someone. The openness here is to once again get in touch with who we really are. From whatever place in life we may be. It's realizing that we are created in God's image. And God continues to rebuild and recreate that image from the inside out. Possibility here is the revitalization of our spiritual immune system. Our ability to stand true and strong. It's about renewing the living springs of our heart. I love the way that Parker Palmer talks about how when we embrace this mystery, we open ourselves to that wholeness that is so incredible. He writes, embracing the mystery means entering into a field of forces that seems alien, but is in fact our deepest self. Embracing the mystery means waiting, watching, listening, suffering, and gathering whatever self-knowledge we can, and then making choices based on that knowledge, 
no matter how difficult. We begin the slow walk back to health by choosing each day that which enlivens our selfhood and resisting that which does not. It's not a plan. It's not a strategy. It's a way of being. It's breathing deep, listening close, becoming more open. And then in ways that perhaps are just as subtle, the green starts to come back. The renewal starts to come back. And yes, God has this amazing ability to relight what seemed like a burnt match. To bring new fire, passion, and spirit. God does want to meet us as real people in a real place today. So I'd invite us to take just a moment now to get quiet. To open ourselves to this real God. A God who seeks to write love on our hearts. God, we take a deep breath today to thank you for meeting us in this moment. And you know, with as many people as there are here today, there are some who entered this place today just on tiptoe with joy, full of hope and a sense of just happiness. And you know, there are others who have come to this place today maybe praying a prayer along the lines of, God, you've got one more chance. God, wherever we are at this moment, meet us. Help us to be real. Help us to realize who you are, that you seek to create that knowing place in each of us, that place of life and hope and a seed that still holds incredible potential. You seek to be that wholeness. So meet us now. We open ourselves to you and to all that you offer and all that you seek to ignite. And we give you thanks.